you know, how do you find joy in that? And at that moment, like, that's kind of when I realized, like, my joy doesn't come from me. And I can't just, like, people say, well, choose joy. You don't just, it's not something you choose. Like, you have to pour it in from God. And when I don't have it, God does. Yes. And so I have to be connected to the source. I don't get to just turn on a switch in me that says, like, okay, joy on. It doesn't work that way. I have to be connected to the source. And when I'm connected to the source, then I can tap into his joy. I'm Lucius Walker. And I'm Carrie Walker. Welcome to Our Marriage, Our Greatest Ministry. Where we aim to empower your relationships beyond measure. All right. Hello, my love. Hey, my love. How you doing, baby? Oh, I'm great. It's the holiday season. It is. It's the most fun time of the year. <laughs> the most wonderful time of it the year. Is. And the most crazy time of the year, right? With our Super crazy. Four girls this Christmas. Yes, it's uh, have four girls and uh, just a joy to have all of them in the house and just to see everybody smiling and spending time with one another. It's just just bursting with joy this Right, like Christmas every season. night we had a different thing planned, like since we had been out of school. And so we had a different activity planned every night, and yes. we had some surprises for Christmas morning planned. Um, that kitchen set, though, like... Oh, 58 pieces. 58 pieces. This is ridiculous. And what, like three and a half hours total? Uh, I unbelievable. Mean, <laughs> yeah, so we had planned to have this thing put together, like, early in the week, right? Like, so yes. we, it was like, what, Tuesday or Wednesday night, we're like... Okay, we're gonna get it done, um, and we thought what, like an hour, maybe, maybe an hour and a half tops, no. two hours. No, we were totally up till one in the morning, like <laughs> sleepy eyes, and yes. then we got the whole thing put together, and we look over, and what do we see? One piece missing. Somebody <laughs> like, missed a piece. It was like this random piece. We're like, where does this even go? No, this is ridiculous. <laughs> it was funny. But yeah, so we, we flipped back through the book and we found out where that one piece went. We got it. It's all yes, good. all good. And then yeah. we had to pick it up and move it into our bedroom and put yeah, a sheet right. over the yeah, top of it. sheets over it. So the girls couldn't come in the room and see yeah. what was in the corner. So. That's all good. But, you know, it was cool this year to have the older girls in on the Christmas stuff with the younger girls. Yes, like They kind of helped plan it and stuff. So that was kind of cool. It was. But that was the Christmas craziness. So Yes, and also with Christmas craziness was the uh, cold weather that we got. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Like, record lows. Like, we don't get cold weather in the South, like, like no. 14, 12. 12 degrees. <laughs> I just actually just opened the door, stepped outside to say I was in 12-degree weather, and then I went back in the house. <laughs> right not, back inside. Not for your boy. No, no. And with the cold weather, um, while you were, uh, you actually took a nap, right? Aiken County Public Safety gave me a phone call. And so while I'm talking to Aiken County Public Safety. My wife is asleep. I have one baby in the carrier and I have one in the play area. And my daughter is saying, um, Daddy, where are you? Daddy, Daddy, where are you? It's like finding Waldo or something. And he's like, Daddy, where are you? So I'm trying to walk away from her so I can listen to the lady on the on the phone. And so I'm walking upstairs and I'm, I'm trying to listen and she's saying daddy where are you and so this lady was explaining the story about there was a walker and she spotted water coming from our building um i got a text from my supervisor and that same on while i was on a conversation uh with the with the public safety lady and 
I told her, oh, my, my supervisor's texting me now about this same situation, so let me go. So I got off the phone with her, and then as I'm getting off the phone, my supervisor was FaceTiming me. And so I'm face, she's FaceTiming me. I got one still saying, Daddy, where are you? I got one baby in a carriage in a carrier so i'm just like whoa this and is this just is life all, this is all the day after christmas right? yes it's yeah. the day after christmas and i was napping and the thing is is i actually heard you upstairs on the phone like well i heard something on the monitor and honestly i thought i was dreaming <laughs> and i just turned the monitor off i'm like, in the middle of just chaos sleep. <laughs> you know just in the middle of just doing life you yeah. know with kids yelling supervisor calling and she and then she actually said she accidentally FaceTimed me. She wasn't trying to FaceTime me. So I don't even know if she saw me or what. But I'm in the video, I got the baby and the character. I'm like, okay, what's up? You know, what what's going on? And she was explaining to me the, the details of the situation and, and that she needed an administrator to go to the building. So me my I actually packed up everybody. So my wife went down there, got her up. Yeah, I figured that if he was gonna have to go up to the building we would take that opportunity to get an indoor walk. Because yeah. it had been so cold outside, so we could just let everybody up and go take a nice walk while he looked for this water leak in the building. Yeah. So while we're looking for this water leak, myself, the principal, and our head custodian, we we're searching the building and we checked every classroom while while Carrie and the daughters were just walking around the building, and so we, there were no water leaks uh, in the building, which was great. And we're just having a conversation, you know, and about about to lock everything up and as soon as we lock up we go outside and we actually check the mobile units well the first thing was the ac was like the ac it looked like a waterfall a waterfall like the niagara <laughs> falls had just uh, the, the pvc pipe had just busted on yeah. both sides and water was just pouring out yeah pouring out and so we called about that and as we saw the water coming out we noticed that we have uh they're like mobile units. We call them the learning cottages, you know, a little TLC, the learning cottages, you know. <laughs> and so we checked those, and we have PVC pipes in there had bursted. So we had water everywhere. So as we're walking through these mobile units, there's water all on the floor. Um, one of them is a storage unit where we have desks and tables and chairs, and there's water all over the floor. And so our head custodian had to stay and had to shop back that water out and and so uh, we, she did that, and we stayed up there that entire time until she got all that water out. But, you know, I noticed on um, Facebook even, they posted a picture of, like, all the people on the plumbing aisle at Lowe's because <laughs> in the South, we don't get this type of cold weather. So mm. here at the house, you were turning the water on to drip every night, yes. but you didn't think to do it at the school. I did not think to do it at the school. And <laughs> so, so notes for future, right? That's right, future <laughs> notes. Put that in my Rolodex. Yeah. So today we have the opportunity to share our weight testimony, and I'm so excited about that. A lot of times whenever I talk about our weight, you're like, people don't really know what that means. Yes, they don't. Most people don't know what the weight is when she says it. It's like, we did the weight testimony. It's like, do you even know what we're talking about? He tells about? me there are crickets. Yes. But I'm are. just assuming people probably do know. So I don't know. You never know. So anyways, today is all about... The weight. The weight. The typical Christian thing is is celibacy before marriage, right? Um, but when you are divorced and you're coming into a new marriage, um, nobody really talks about the rules for that and yeah. what that looks like. Um, so when you and I first started dating, we did not practice celibacy. And for me, whenever I would go to um, 
Oh gosh, what was it called? I D was, group. D group. Yes. Oh, I remember. I was okay. So you remember? So I was attending D group at the time, and I remember every week at D group we had this routine and this structure for. Um, it was we would pray with our partner, like whoever we were partner with, and we had to pray like over our sins. And so like we had to confess our sins mm-hmm. to one another. And so every week I was confessing sexual sin, and I just remember having like. Just such a like, oh gosh, I have to confess again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like week after week. Okay, like, this is five weeks now. And the girl that was my partner actually, like, confronted me about it. And she was like, yo, you have been um, confessing this every week, but it doesn't seem like you're changing your behavior. And so she did it in the most loving way, but it convicted me so much that I actually stopped going. Like, I stopped Mm. going to decrypt because I just... I didn't know what to do at that point because, like, I remember talking to you about it a little bit. I kept dropping nuggets about celibacy at, until marriage, but how did you feel about that? Um, I was unsure about that. Um, and fellows, to be honest, I mean, I think most of us would be a little bit unsure like that as far as um, just just taking um, something away. From, it's, like, it's like you have a, I don't want to say a toy your favorite toy or anything like that. A brand new car. Have a brand new car <laughs> and you and they're just giving you the keys and it's like, whoa, you just you just snatched that away. You know, yeah. it's got repossessed for no reason. You know why? I mean, but God was the reason. And so that's God was talking to her because she we were sinning. We were in sin yeah. and trying to get her to come out of that and and I was stubborn. I didn't want to hear it. And so right. And I think also it was kinda of like, Well what's the point? We're not virgins. And yeah. so, like, for us, it's like, oh, we weren't virgins, so kind of what's the point? But then I kept having this, like, the Holy Spirit was, like, kind of moving in me and, like, really convicting me about this. And then we went to a marriage conference. It was the first marriage conference yeah. we ever went to together, and we weren't married. Yeah. Uh, we weren't engaged. We were just dating at that yes. point. Yes, um, And I remember listening to, I think it was Jimmy, oh, Jimmy Evans. Evans. Jimmy Evans talk about God's design for marriage and what he does through that waiting period whenever you do wait and you take away um, sex until marriage, you know, uh, being obedient and how God blesses obedience. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I was like, oh, obedience, God blesses obedience. And I kept feeling like God was calling us into obedience with this. But did you listen? I didn't listen. (laughs) I was still stubborn. You know that's yeah. that's me. I'm just stubborn and a little hard headed at times, and and um, but I love that she said obedience because the other story behind this after the marriage conference is she had been she had uh, read up on um, a couple who had who had did a book called yeah. The Wait, right? Um, and that couple um, did did the wait, and they they had to wrote a book about it, and she was explaining to me how important this may be to her, and I'm thinking like I don't know about this, fellas. <laughs> Right. I don't know about this. It's I like I remember I sent you a text with you know, the um, devotional, and you know, thinking that we could order it, da da da, da and you never and really like responded. a football coach, you know, a running back coach. I stiffed armed it, you know, just trying to get away from it, and kept <laughs> stiff arming it, and it finally caught up with me. Uh, just to give you a little story, we were um, just a regular. I think it was a Saturday, and we went to Target. All those Target shopping tar- dates. Yeah, Target. <laughs> those yeah. are the best. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For her, yes. And we were just in Target looking. I forgot what we were looking for. And we were randomly, just randomly walking down. The, I, my shoe was untied. And I just happened to bend over to tie my shoe. And I look up. 
And to my left, there was a bookshelf. And it was the book, The Weight. I could not believe this, that this was happening to me. She had been talking about this, and I'm seeing this book on this shelf, and I'm just like, nah, it's And I was not in his presence. She wasn't in I my had presence. Walled, I, had, I didn't even realize he stopped. Like, I didn't know his shoes untied. He stopped. Like, I kept going. Like, I'm oblivious to what's going on right now. And I'm sitting here looking like, no, Lord, you're kidding me. This is not the Lord talking to me. No, no, you're, you're joking. <laughs> uh, so I tied my shoe, fellas, and I, and I saw the book. It's like, nah. And I started walking. Uh, down, I started walk, actually walking in the opposite direction, thinking like, "Oh, know about this," and and it was just, it just jumped all over me. I don't know what got over me. The Holy Spirit was moving in me and told me to turn around and go back, and I had to go get that book. And so I got that book. I shared it with her. Yeah, it was like you brought the, it, and I, I was br- like, "There's the book. There's and the was, devotional. Let's get I, two. <laughs> yes, yes. So we got two, and both of us were studying this book, and it was. It was it was a game changer. Yeah, uh, and I think really in was. the first like few devotionals, it says like sex has to be taken off the table yes. until marriage, and so. And you said it earlier. You said about being obedient. Yeah. And we're designed for that. And in that moment, I was disobedient because I did not right. want to get this book. But me being obedient, turning around, going to get that book, led me uh, led us to. Our marriage, our greatest ministry on the back end is right now. Right. I know from that one moment in life, that one decision, it wasn't a test. It was an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to experience God in his fullest. And I'm just, it's just unbelievable that we're here right now based upon that one decision that I made to turn around and go get that book. Yeah. So with us doing that um, devotional in particular and doing the weight, it wasn't just taking away sex until marriage. It wasn't just taking it away and waiting until marriage. You know, I think it it was more about what we did during the season of waiting um, because God wanted to work on our character. So waiting wasn't a passive experience for Mm. us. It was an active experience where we were actively um, seeking God first before we were seeking after each Each other. and I think that's key for, you know, just developing your character in life. Like, there are just so mm. many things, so many reasons that I can think that we have used our, I guess, our practicing from the weight, wait. right? Mm-hmm. Like, when we see this shiny new thing that we want, we're like, well, we can wait. Like an F-150 truck uh, or, you know, or this trailblaze, this, you know, this trail boss. Is from, it tra- a trail, trail boss? boss from Chevy, yeah. you know, looking for a new truck. And it's yeah. like, you need to wait. Right. And, wait um, until you get your finances wait right. Until wait until you, until you fi- pay this off. Yes. Yeah. And so just having that um, discipline, I think we can, all, like, all the time we link it back to the weight, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that, like, when we did do the weight, it, we did that devotional, and it really opened our hearts. So there were things that were inside of my heart that I didn't even realize were there. And I think there are a lot of things that we did in our previous relationships that we would not have fixed within ourselves had we not gone through that season of celibacy. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I agree 100%. There are things that your, your desires, and they, and they sometimes have a stronghold over your life and you don't even realize it and those desires come out in different ways and in different responses and during the wait helps us practice and helps us master how we respond to one another and showing empathy and showing compassion and having clarity on when you speak about 
uh, when you respond to any situation, uh, as far as when we have um, difficulties or when we have a challenge for one another, uh, mm-hmm. with when we're practicing the celibacy, that's that's on the table. So it's I'm learning about you. I'm I get to know who you are. I get to know you fully to fully know you who you are as an individual for your character for your for the content of your character mm-hmm. for the integrity for your intelligence. Just the beauty of who you are, not just chasing after um, you for a particular pleasure. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Um, it also makes me think about during that time, like where do you build your foundation, mm. right? Like you think about in the Bible, Jesus tells that story about building your foundation on a rock. A rock. And not the sand. sand. And so when you're in a relationship and you're seeking after that pleasure or you're seeking after that next high of, you know, you know, sexual desire, that's mm. that sand, right? That's quickly mm-hmm. fading. But by us having that season of celibacy until marriage, we were able to truly seek after God together to solidify that foundation of the rock, even though we came from a divorce. Yes. yes. And I think that's what some people need to hear in life is that it's not about your past. No. It's not about what was behind you. Preach. Like it's right here and right now. You know, where does God have you right now? And what does he have for your life? Because he has something for you. He has blessings, so much blessing that he wants to pour out on your life. And all you have to do is walk in obedience with that. Um, so, my love, you know, there may be some people out there who are single, who are engaged, who are listening. What is your encouragement or what is your advice? Because sexual desire is huge. Like, how do you, how did you conquer that during that season? Practicing delayed gratification, um, handling my impulsivities, um, and being a master of responding thoughtfully and carefully and responding with empathy and responding with compassion and responding to, to you as my partner. And so I really believe in delayed gratification because it helps us. um, It says it in the Bible, those who wait on the Lord will renew your strength. It's really important that, fellas, that that you understand your wife and that you um, challenge yourself to treat her as as how Christ loved the church. You chase after her in that way, and it's not a... An instant gratification it's a process that we have to walk through that we have to go through and it's a process of learning who your spouse is and knowing how to appreciate your spouse uh, for example in the time of waiting um, when your wife is on the cycle yeah. um, that's tough for some of us and that's tough for me at times because I'm trying to figure out how you were loving me one week and now you just really hormonal you just hate me <laughs> right the I hormone, don't understand that the hormones that go come come, come and with go that. with the seasons of marriage yeah yes. and you know with a woman especially you know we do have our our cycles and hormones that come with that so you're right that you know in the beginning of marriage you have your honeymoon season but you know you have these years that you have to get through and you know there may even be seasons you know where you're having we have two young kids and you mm. know that comes with different challenges challenges as well. And so you practicing the weight early on kind of trained you to be able to withstand the changes that we go through in life as a, a married couple. Yeah. And um, one thing I want to share as well is that uh, we, we did dedicate that time to the Lord before our marriage. And we did that intentionally to just have God clean our hearts, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the day that we got married in Punta Cana, we were doing our photo shoot and we were doing the last little, I mean, the, it must have been the last photo, yeah. right? The, the, the photographer was taking and we're standing there holding hands, looking out on the beach. Mm. And what did we see? A rainbow. Yeah. A rainbow. Um, just came down right in between us, right in between us. And, and it's just amazing and unbelievable how God will smile upon you and God, how God said it will set you free. It's, um, I mean, I've never seen a, a, a pot of gold at the, end of, at the <laughs> rainbow, but however, yeah. in that moment, I, I felt that that was our pot of gold. I, and I've looked over and I asked you, I said, can you believe that? And you said, yeah, yes, I can. I can. Because God loves us. He loves us that much and to he, smile and, down on and, us. Right. And he, he was, it was almost as like he was blessing this union. Yeah, and that's how I felt in that moment that God was just looking down on us and he was like proud of us for what we had done. Um, so that moment of us like at the end of our photo shoot and that, that picture, we, we actually have that photograph. It's yeah, right it behind you right now. It is. It um, is. The biggest photo in our house. But um, that moment is just something I will cherish because it was just the the moment that I felt God just pour out his love and blessing on our relationship and our marriage after that season of celibacy and you know along with our history of divorce and brokenness yes. you know for us to go through we went through um, and all the sin that was in our past and for us to just when we dedicated our life to God and we we took that sexual sin aside um God came through for us he in did. big ways. He, he really is. did. He is. He's amazing. Um, and I just can't say enough about how important it is to just love God freely and just love him. Un- and his love is unconditional, right. you know, for the broken and for the folks who've just been together. Yeah. For my, my parents were just a, a great example of over 40 years of marriage. Right. You know, and, and so God is still blessing them the same as he would bless uh, somebody who are, who's practicing celibacy and, from from the very beginning, right? You know, and all in between, and the folks who are, who may have gotten a divorce, you yeah. know. So for someone who um, isn't married yet, and they may want to do this, um, maybe let's talk about what that looked like for us, because we did um, the devotional every night. We did a devotional called The Weight. It was a book that was written. I don't even know who the authors are. Right there is the book. If you want to grab it, so we can name the authors here. It was The Weight by Devin Franklin and Megan Good. So if you guys want to grab that devotional, that's the devotional that we use. But um, basically, we were just in God's Word and in prayer every night together. Yes. You know, that when we weren't together, we did it on the phone. Um, There was some way that we connected on FaceTime or on the phone or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever to to have the Scripture and to pray together. Yes. And that's what it looked like. We um, jumped over that fear um, that little hurdle of fear, a fear of praying your, together, yeah, yes. um, because that's an intimate thing. But if this is someone that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, like you've got to open your, your open life up. up to yeah, your prayer life. Um, and if you can get past that hurdle of that fear of praying together, um, again, that is you building your, your life on a rock. You know, you're setting the rock of Jesus right there and you're building your life on Jesus. And, um, I think that is what gave God the opportunity to bless us so much is because we were able to do that. We were able to 
pray together, to be in his word together, to study that together, and to take the sex off of the table until after marriage. And to just to be in a relationship with God and you, um, because God only wants our heart. He wants that empty space. Right. You know, he just wants you, you know, in relationship with him and asking him questions and seeking him for advice and, and for wisdom. And this, the wait period helped me and helped us. It helped us. Um, just it just helped us in so many different ways but one specifically is just the obedience and I love that you said that because um, when you when you fall in line when you align yourself with God you fall into obedience which means I surrender all that I have I surrender my freedom I surrender my 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 previous life uh, to to anything that's a stronghold over me and I let God be the only stronghold it has on me which aligns me to marriage. And that's what he wants for us, to be in a marriage to where you have a relationship with him vertically. And then for us now to do this horizontally, to spread what we have horizontally, that's, that's what he wants. That's good stuff. What time is it? Game, Game time. time. What time is it? Game, Game time. time. So one of my favorite times of the day is game time at the dinner table, playing some of the games that our girls have created. We want to share some of these games with you so that you guys can take some of these back or even create games as a family yourselves. What game would you like to play today, my love? Oh, well, my favorite game is the Clue Game. But since it's the holidays, let's do the Clue Game Holiday Edition. Mm, a little mix-up, huh? yes, a little change-up. Yes, you yes. throw me a little ch- little curveball today. Yeah, okay, I like yeah, that. I like yeah. that. A little change-up. Okay. So, I'll go first. The Clue Game. Yeah, I'll go first. Let me think. What are the rules to this Clue Game? Well, I think of an item if it's my turn. And then you can ask me any question you want to ask about the item to try to figure out what it is. And so when we do this with multiple people, um, like, for example, I would have my item in my mind. And I'd say, okay, I'm ready. And then the whole family is around the table asking all these questions to try to figure out what my item is. And whoever figures it out first, they're the winner. the winner of that yeah. round. So. All right. I have my item. You have your item. Yes. This may be a hard item. <laughs> all right. So your item is your item a person, place, or thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. What color is this item? Um, brown. Brown. Mm-hmm. What? How do I use this item? You don't. What do you mean I don't use the item? You, you don't, don't use, use it. it. <laughs> I don't use it? No. Did people use the item? Um. Who uses the item? A fantasy person. A fantasy person. Okay. And this item is brown. Yeah. A fantasy person. Santa Claus? It's not Santa Claus. That's not this the is a item. It's a, per- <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Okay. Um, what's the first letter of this thing? The first letter is R. R. Mm-hmm. And you said it's a thing. It's an R. Yeah, it's a good one, huh? Yeah, it is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what other questions do you have? Um, what's it? Color? What's the size of this item? This item is basically like the size of a horse, kind of. Size of a horse. And it's not a reindeer. That's an animal. Reindeer. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> you said it's in a person, place, or thing. Oh, now I gotta say it's an animal. Okay. So, so said, I, I didn't know. A I animal, mean, it wouldn't be a person. <laughs> but I didn't know a, a animal was a thing or what. Well, it wasn't a, a person or place, so okay. it could be a thing, you know, yeah. out there in the yard. <laughs> oh, okay, like decoration. We have three reindeers. We have in three the reindeers yard. in the yard. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, reindeer. Right. Reindeer. Deer. Yeah. All right. All right, reindeer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. That was my item. That was your item. Yeah. All right. What you um, got for me? My item mm-hmm. for Christmas. I got it. Go. What color is your item? Hmm. White. Where is it typically found? Anywhere. Anywhere where. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was not specific. How large is your item? Mm, depends. Um, depends on. It depends. Okay, what yeah. letter does it start with? Oh, a S. Is it in our yard? No, it's not in the yard. Is it something that um you use for decoration? You can. Snowflakes? Yes, snowflakes. Really? It is snowflake. Oh, yay. Snowflakes. That was good. Yeah. Very quick. Cool. I love the idea of the wait. And in some different seasons, waiting can be different. It can look different. It can feel different. It can sound different. And there are some obstacles sometimes in life that we have to face. Um, and we have to face it by waiting. Yeah. And so I want to go into a little bit of time about how we wait in different seasons and not just um, it's important to wait on the marriage piece of celibacy with having celibacy before marriage. And now what does that look like in other areas of our life, love? Yeah. So sometimes I think, you know, when we receive bad news or we're going through just um, a dry season, maybe financially, and we have a lot to share with that too. Um, But just like, what do you do when you're waiting on God to come through? Um, Because we hear that a lot, like wait on the Lord. But what does that really look like? And what does that really mean? Like, for example, when we do receive bad news, I think about in the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat, I think it was in what, Second Chronicles? Yes. Yes. Um, Jehoshaphat receives word that these armies are coming at him and his in his army, and so he receives this bad news. And I know that the Bible says that he was afraid, and then he he went to seek after the Lord, and he also um, encouraged his army to go on a fast, like they did mm. a fast. And so it says that in there that he was seeking after the Lord, and they did a fast as well. But I think what's the coolest thing about that that I remembered is that when he did have to face the the military that were coming at him to attack him, um, they didn't even have to fight in the battle. Like, I remember the Bible says, like, you don't even have to fight in this battle. Like, all he and his men had to do was worship the Lord. And then those armies turned on themselves. And so, like... I think about, like, what do we do in the midst of bad news? What did Jehoshaphat do? Well, he he did a fast, and he he was seeking the Lord, and I'm sure that was, like, through prayer. You know, like, I'm sure he didn't just pray once. I'm sure it was, like, that active prayer. Like, daily he was seeking the Lord, and he was fasting and giving up something for the Lord. And so... You know, whenever you get like a bad doctor's report Mm -hmm. or you get like that big bill that you were not expecting, 
um, just like those, those big punches in life, right? Like, what do you do when you're waiting? And um, you're like, oh gosh, how do I handle that thing? Another thing it makes me think about too is Elijah in Kings. It was in one mm-hmm. of the Kings where Elijah, um, they're in the season of a drought, right? Yes. And so Elijah goes up to the top of a mountain, mountain. and he's praying with his yes. face to the ground um, and waiting on rain. And he sends his servant out to look for rain. But while he sends his servant to go look to see if there's rain coming, he still has his head bowed to the ground. And he's praying to the Lord. And so he doesn't get up from that posture. It's that posture of prayer. And I think it's like the seventh time the servant comes back and says there is a cloud. And so Elijah's like, okay, well, y'all prepare the chariot and don't let the rain stop you. And the rain hadn't even come oh, yet. And come. so he put things into motion um, based on like knowing that God was going to come through. But again, like he was in that posture of prayer. You know, and that expectation that God was going to fulfill and was going to bless, right, through that little tiny cloud that that servant had seen, he was going to bless, bless it. Um, so just that posture of prayer, you know, that what do you do when those bad things come? And yes, and that reminds me of another story of David. Uh, when David was um, anointed king by Samuel, um, and David had to wait another 15 years before right. he became That's king. a long wait. That is a long wait. And while he was waiting, David went back to, to shepherding the sheep. He went back to the fields. He went back to just being being obedient to God and talking to God every day, praising God and knowing the, and just knowing or having a relationship with God. And when David was faced with a challenge like Goliath, that was his big obstacle. Um, I believe David uh, biblically cussed Goliath out because he said, "You uncircumcised Philistine," <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know. He, so he used some he some, inter- he, some, he used some <laughs> yeah, he you know he used some different type of language, but he was speaking from the heart of that that God was with him, yeah. and that he would strike down this this giant because God was with him, yeah. and he he but he was that confident in himself because while he was waiting, he was mm-hmm. praying. He was in a posture of prayer. He was in a posture of praising God, which stirred a which stirred that spirit up in him to allow him to face any giant. And it didn't matter what that obstacle was like. It didn't matter yeah, what that giant looked like. because even later after that, Saul came after him. He did. And even when David had the opportunity to take a shortcut yeah. and kill Saul. In the cave, yes. He didn't do that. He didn't do it. He cut a piece of uh, his, his, his garment off. Yeah. Uh, and showed it to him later to say, hey, I could have killed you. I could have mm-hmm. taken your life. But it's not my time. Right. Because God, you're the king and I'm I'm obeying. I, I need to obey God because God is who I serve. Right. And so that's wonderful things of how we wait. But in that process, God stirs something up in us to help us master our responses. So the last one that um, I thought about too was in Acts. If you remember when Jesus went up to heaven after he was resurrected. He went up, but he had talked to the disciples while he was back on earth, and he told them to go into the upper room and to wait, mm-hmm. right, to wait for the Holy Spirit. I want to actually read what it says there. It says, Jesus tells the disciples to wait for the promise of the Father. And it talks. It names the disciples who went, and it says, they went into the upper room with one accord, devoting themselves to prayer. So Jesus told them specifically to wait, and then later in that scripture, it says that they were on one accord devoting themselves to prayer. So I think, like, 
when when the, the phrase weight is used in scripture, I wonder what that really means. You know, a lot of times our preachers will look up what the Hebrew version of it really yes, means. Yes. But I wonder if there was something behind that, like because they didn't just go up there and twiddle their thumbs. No, they didn't. Like the Bible says they went up there on one accord, devoting themselves to prayer. Hmm. And so I also think that maybe there may have been some fasting that came with that at some point. You know, when you devote yourself to something, you know, you're given so much time and energy. It's not just you go up there and you pray once. Mm-mm. You know, it says they devoted. They weren't one accord and they devoted themselves to prayer. Um, so that just kind of stood out to me about, like, Jesus told them to wait, but their action didn't do what we would typically think is, like, if I told my daughter, just wait right here, like, I'm, I'm expecting her just to sit there and wait. You know, and so I think that's distinguishing the difference between what we sometimes see as um, a passive waiting experience into like an active waiting experience. And so for us in particular, we just went through a season of difficult finances, right? And so for us, like we were constantly in prayer about these finances. (laughs) Um, And then the hardest part was that we were obedient in and paying tithes to the church. Um, when it was hard. When it was hard. Like, it did not add up on paper. It did not make sense to tithe. And there were times where you're like, well, we might just have to. And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was more the one, like, I can't. Like, I just, I, I was fearful of not tithing at that point. Um, but it didn't make sense. It didn't add up. And we were really struggling there. Like, we were just wondering, how in the world is was this going to work? Um and so for us waiting, right, for God to come through, mm-hmm. we prayed, sure and did. we were still obedient to what he called us to, which in, in, in my mind was tithing. Like, that's what he was calling us to, and this was just a few months ago. Um, and really the thing that caused it was the daycare expense. Like, the that was the whole thing. $1,200 yeah, a month. Yeah, so having the two young babies in daycare, that's really what our... The, another house payment. Right, it was just ridiculous. But... Anyways, like we still trusted that, you know, God blessed us with the second baby, that he would walk with us and, and, and provide, provide, you know, and so we continued to put him first. And then we got two checks randomly out of that, right? Like literally <laughs> like, okay, so it was one month that we tithed. And yeah. then the next day, day in the mail, we yes. got a check from the IRS doubled, doubled the yeah. amount we had tithed. Sure it was. And then it happened again a few weeks later. We were just like, we wrote the check for, or we sent the tithes through our phone, our app. But then again, the next, next day, day, literally the next, next day, day, it was double it was the double amount. Again. It was just, we were like, are you serious? Is this really how it works in life? So we were just kind of like, you know, we just, we laughed about it together. But it was like, wow, God, you really do bless obedience. It does. You know, and so even though like this was just a, a dry season for us as far as finances go, um, we were just, we were in awe that God still provided. Um, and then at the closure of this season, God provided us a new a opportunity, opportunity for me to work from, from home, home, keep the girls home, and make more money. money. Um, so we're just I'm in elated. awe. I am in awe. <laughs> of just what happened and just speechless. It's just unbelievable how God works and how God will bless you from obedience. And so I'm just so in awe of God and what he has done for our life and and what he's done for our family. Um, Because now we're in a season of, we were in a season of, oh, stressed out and frustration. And now we're in a season of peace. Right. In a season of calm. 
Yeah, so when we were going through that season of our tight finances, like we were waiting on God to come through for us. We were waiting for God to, um, we were just trusting, right? Like we were trusting God, we were putting God first, even though it was hard, and we were still in prayer. But also I think another thing that God worked on me through um, this season was joy. And finding joy despite your circumstances um, and knowing that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I remember, mm. like, I had one of those moments where I was like, okay, I'm just going to randomly open the Bible. And I'll do that every now and then just to see what I come to. And um, I came to that scripture and where it talked about the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. And I just remember I held on to that just through that season because it was such a hard season with me, um, you know, working full time, having two babies under two finances were not working for us, just having to live so tight, but still trusting God. And, you know, how do you find joy in that? And at that moment, like, that's kind of when I realized like my joy doesn't come from me. And I can't just like people say, well, choose joy. You don't just, it's not something you choose. Like you have to pour it in from God. And, when I don't have it, God does. Yes. And so I have to be connected to the source. I don't get to just turn on a switch in me that says, like, okay, joy on. It doesn't work that no, way. I have to be connected to the source. And when I'm connected to the source, then I can tap into his joy. Um, so that was kind of what God taught me through that season. But also with him blessing our obedience on the back end, it's just, you know, looking back at that. You know, we're just at the, we're, we just came out of this season, right? Like we're really mm-hmm. at the end of the season. And so looking back at our obedience and our prayer and our tears and our, our heartache, you know, during that season, it's like, wow. Like I feel like I truly feel loved. I feel favored. I feel like God sees me. But why is because we had to put in the work. And it, I think it also connects again to our weight, you know, in the very beginning. That whenever we waited on God until marriage, we waited, we had set aside that season of celibacy. That was our disciplined season, you know, before marriage. So that when we hit this season now in marriage, we were able to have discipline with our finances as well. To still put God first, yes. even when it was hard. So again, it's just about those seasons of, you know, what are you going through? Is it that valley? Is it you're waiting on God to come through with something? What do you do? How do you handle that? I think you just look at how, you know, people like Elijah and Jehoshaphat and the disciples, what did they do when they were waiting on God? Well, they bowed their heads to the ground Mm -hmm. and they prayed prayed. and they fasted and they, you know, you seek after the Lord. I mean, you dedicate your life to God. And so like in seasons of waiting, I guess my encouragement to you would be to connect to the source, you know, because going through a season, you can't just choose joy. Some people tell you, well, you you choose And I I disagree with that. I think that for you to find joy, you've got to connect to the source because you're not going to find it on your own. Mm -mm. You've got to connect to that source, and He will provide that joy that will overflow through you to others. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Our Marriage, Our Greatest Ministry. Our prayer is that God will use us to help our listeners empower their relationships beyond measure. If today's podcast blessed you, please share it with a friend. Just think, whose relationship can you empower today? Don't forget to follow us on social media at om.ogm. God bless.